If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. All right. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jazzy Bell, and you are listening to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. And on this show, we focus on the many talents and influences from women in hip hop. And today, I'm so excited. I have a special guest here with me. She is the moderator and host of Everyday Struggle on Complex. It's literally my favorite show out right now. I'm so glad you like it. I'm so glad. And thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, we have Nadeska in the building. What's up, Nadeska? Now, is it Nadeska Alexis, right? Yes. Nadeska Alexis. I know it's ridiculous. Thank you. People always think Alexis (laughs) is actually my first name, which makes sense, but it's not. It's just me, Nadeska, yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) I love the name. I didn't know if you had, like, put it together or if you was going to do, like, your Madonna thing. Do you think I should? Should I just be Nadeska? I like Nadeska. Okay, maybe I should do, because there's not too many Nadeskas in the world. Okay, let's do You know it. another one? Uh, actually, a friend overseas just named their baby Nadeska. After you. They asked permission and everything. Are you kidding which me? Which was really sweet of them. I'm like, that kid is going to have a weird life now because of this strange <laughs> name. But you, of course, you have my blessing. Yes. You, you said it was a friend of yours. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. But they had to ask permission. So it's in Germany. So, you know, here, you can name your child whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You, in Grenada as well, where I grew up. In mm-hmm. Germany, you have to prove that this name is a real name that exists. That it's not something strange. So I had to send copies of my passport to prove that Nadeska was a real name. Are you kidding Can me? you imagine someone telling your mom that? Yes. Can you please prove that this is a name that already exists? But what proof do you need that somebody else had it prior to this child? Yeah. Really? And yeah. that's proof alone. So what I can't just wake up and name my child bathtub. Yeah, I think they try. I think that's what they're trying to prevent. Strange <laughs> names like Apple, which celebrities do here, which I guess I respect it. Okay. All right, Germany. Right. Glad I'm not out there. <laughs> now, speaking of Grenada, because you just mentioned it. Now, mm-hmm. what I do like to do on this show is to kind of give my listeners a backstory mm-hmm. as to how you became this media darling that you are today. Darling. Darling. Oh, thank darling. You. darling. <laughs> so if you can, please just elaborate on your upbringing in Grenada and your family and all of that. Um so yeah, I'm originally from Grenada, so I moved to Brooklyn when I was 10, um, and Grenada's a tiny island. A lot of people I meet don't even know where it is, so it's in the Caribbean if you have never heard of Grenada. Um, I don't know, a very peaceful childhood. It couldn't be more different from New York. I come from a huge family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a nurse. I grew up with one other sister, so it was like my mom has a twin who is also a teacher, so I think from a young age... Both she and my mom were super strict about education. Mm. And her being a teacher, especially, she wanted me to read a lot. So I started reading a lot when I was younger. And I think that's where I really got into just wanting to write in general. Mm. So that's where it began. But yeah, so we moved to Brooklyn when I was 10. We moved to Flatbush, and I really hated it. Really? In Why? the beginning. It's just hard when you come from a beautiful tropical island, island. where you run around and play in flip-flops with all of your cousins, and then all of a sudden... You're playing with rats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're playing with rats. It's 30 <laughs> degrees outside, and you're trying to figure out what a bubble jacket is. It's all very confusing. Very confusing. But I adjusted. I do love Brooklyn now. So you're still in Brooklyn. I am. Now I'm in downtown Brooklyn. So I live... Pretty close to Brooklyn Tech, where I went to high school, and it's so crazy how much the neighborhood has changed. Mm. At that point, it was just like delis. All you could ever get in the neighborhood is a bacon, egg, and cheese. Right. Now there's an Apple store down the block. It's wow. very confusing. Yeah, I mean, that's um, gentrification. That's what you call that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now talk to me about um, the, I know you said 
Well, what got you into writing? Did you say because I'm trying to figure out because you're so involved in the hip hop culture mm-hmm. in the music scene. So what was it like out there in Grenada, the hip hop scene? Was there a hip hop scene? Yeah, not really. So definitely, of course, our local music, it's reggae and soca, right? So that's mm-hmm. what all of my family listened to. So my first exposure to hip hop actually came through my cousins. I had a lot of uh, older boy cousins. Okay. Um, so and I remember them watching BT when I was younger. You know what I mean? So in I remember, Grenada? Yeah. So I remember them. I remember seeing like Pac and Snoop on BT for the first time. And Snoop, I remember vividly because I was so terrified of him when I was a kid. Because him, him morphing into a dog in the video, I was just at an age where I was very confused and something about him was very terrifying. So yeah, that was the very, very first time the I like, heard The funny thing is music. I get that. I, was so I totally get that. I was afraid of Thriller, Michael Jackson. Terrifying when you're a kid. Turned like, into a wolf. It's yeah. like, what is that? Yeah, I was stunned. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was the very first time I'd heard hip hop in general. And my mom is very, very strict. So there was no way for me to access that music unless mm-hmm. I was with my cousins and I got to watch TV with them. <laughs> so eventually when I got to the States, of course, especially going to junior high school and high school in Flatbush and Crown Heights, you know what I mean? All yeah. we listened to is hip hop. That was when we would run home and record Hot 97 because that was the only way to get the songs. You know what I mean? Yes, that, I remember. Before CDs came along and then that was the next step. So um, in high school, it was the same thing. I was an English major. I just really always loved writing. And so I think eventually it made sense that music and writing sort of came together for me. When did you know at that point that you was going to blend the two? At what age or what time do you recall saying, I love writing, I have a knack for it, I'm going to blend this with hip-hop? I think in college I was getting closer to figuring it out, but I still wasn't 100% sure. Mm-hmm. So I did a couple internships. I went to college upstate which was challenging. In retrospect, staying in the city would have made sense because all of media is here, but it's okay, mm-hmm. Nadeska, mistakes happen. Um, <laughs> so while I was What was the name of the school upstate? Binghamton, SUNY Binghamton. Okay. Um, so while I was up there, yeah, I would do summer internships, but it's really hard to get a music internship. I probably applied to Complex 50 times Ooh. to be a writer, to be an intern, never got a response. You know what I mean? So yeah. I ended up interning at Hearst, random places, Red Book Magazine. I did a Teen Vogue internship, just anywhere I could get my foot in the door to get some experience to build my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually the first real music experience I got, I was interning for Black Book Magazine. Okay, what's that? So they did a lot of nightlife, uh, a lot of more alternative music coverage, hotels, travel, that kind of thing. Like lifestyle. Exactly. But there was a space for music. It's just that they weren't necessarily covering much hip-hop at the time, so that really gave me an opportunity to start covering artists like people like Kid Cudi and Wale and J. Cole, who were, they were so new in the game. They didn't have projects out yet, you know what I mean? It wasn't impossible to get them. J. Cole wouldn't only do interviews for HBO. So I was able to get access to those artists, and that's where I got my very first experience really doing like musician interviews. And how did, did you curate that for Black Book Magazine, the whole music aspect of it, since they wasn't really involved in that? So I would just pitch a lot of artists, and usually they'd be like, whatever, intern, go ahead and do this. Wow, <laughs> high five. No, that's commendable. You know, you and saw a void. Yeah. And you pretty much let them know. I was like, this is passionate about it. I'm passionate about this. If I have to blog every day, it's probably going to be about rap. So I just kept pitching and pitching. Uh Um, And eventually, I did get a job there full time, which is nice. So all of that uh, interning experience worked out in the end. Um, How long did you intern before you actually got the job there? Well, so let's Inspired these interns out here. Because people, I feel like now, 
I don't know, the millennials, the real younger ones, because I guess I'm still in that bracket, mm-hmm. <laughs> they um they like to intern, but I feel like some are just like, I want to be my own boss, I want to do this, I want to do that, and right. I feel like they're missing out on the too. experience mm-hmm. of just interning. It's weird, because people always ask me for advice, and it's hard to give advice specifically tailored to you, right? You're always going to have your own path, but I think interning is such invaluable experience and look it's different when I was an intern I was not getting paid these days we're paying interns so look it's, it's not terrible but it's really the best way to get hands-on experience like I know some people still go to grad school for journalism at this point I don't know that I think that's worth it mm-hmm. I think you can get more value out of doing several internships you get hands-on experience and if you do a good job and we are paying attention I think some interns think we're not paying attention mm-hmm. when you do a great job we notice so when there's a job open we don't want to post it on the internet and get a thousand unqualified applicants we're going to reach out to you because we knew you did a great job as an intern so i absolutely think it's still important it could be helpful so black book magazine eventually you got to working with sway yeah um i know you was doing aol music so just tell me how you got too complex okay Because you had prior jobs to that. Yeah, I did. I don't want people to think that you just fell out of a just lot of people thin think, air. A lot of people think I fell out of thin air. But, that's what but it's my woman's... fault, yeah. That's so what I'm this glad is about. That you have me here, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, out of college. So yeah, my first full-time thing was, um, I was writing for the Boombox, AOL's hip-hop blog. Okay. So I was writing for them daily, um, three to four articles, like daily news. Um, and eventually they let me do interviews as well. So I did some Q&As with people like Pharrell, some in-studio stuff with people like J. Cole. So... I think I did that for about two years. So that daily blogging really helped me just become a little bit sharper. You know, when you start out, you're nervous. It mm-hmm. might take you like an hour to write one post. Mm-hmm. After two years and like 10 minutes, I can knock out 250 words and it's done, you know? Nice. So that was a lot of good experience. And I was able to travel while I did it since it was freelance. So I went to Asia for three months while still writing. And then when I came back, um, Black Book hired me full time. So I was there for a year um, as an editorial assistant and then assistant editor. AOL boombox. Yeah, so from AOL freelancing Mm full-time to being, like, staff in office at Black Book for a full year. Mm. And after that was MTV News. How did you get to MTV News? So If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. That year full-time at Black Book and all the interning I'd done, I had a lot of clips. And I'd been, at that point, literally blogging every day for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, So with Daily News, I was pretty good. I had great clips to show. Um, And a friend I knew from high school was interning in production at MTV. And he knew they were looking for an editor for their hip-hop blog called Rap Fix. Yes. So he recommended me for the interview. So I went up, um, did the interview, and I was terrified. Who did you interview with? Ramon Dukes, who now is over at Revolt. Revolt. Yeah, okay. I love Ramon. Yes. I love Ramon. Um, <laughs> he definitely, he took a big chance on me, you know, and like it really, it paid off. So, um, I know you were like a nervous wreck. I was terrified. I was terrified. I'm I, only assuming, but I felt like in some interviews you could tell, you know what, I got this. And I was one of you those. You not feel like that. I was terrified. <laughs> I went in there, I was like, let me sit up straight and put on my best confident face. But no, there's no way. It was MTV. You know, I grew up on TRL. I remember standing outside of that studio all the time waiting for artists to show up. So to get to walk into that building, I definitely stood outside and took a deep breath and just said, don't fuck this up. You know, <laughs> that's what I always tell myself before something important. Don't fuck this up. 
so no, I went in there and I, I did my best and uh, they did hire me to be the editor of their blog and I was like stunned because at that point I had been an assistant editor. So I was always helping out the people above me. I was never, um, I had never managed a team before. And so mm. starting at MTV, that was the first time I got into really a management role. How long ago was that? So I was at MTV from, I believe, late 2011 to early 2015, so a full four years. Mm. Um, and I got a ton of experience. That's really where I got the most experience, to be mm. honest. Um, so I started yeah, managing the blog, and eventually when they folded into MTVnews.com, I was just a full-time staff writer. So I was, again, like writing every single day, doing a ton of artist interviews, and MTV did a lot of video. Mm-hmm. So that's where I also started to learn production for the first time. So we would do the interview on video. I wasn't on camera at first, okay. behind the scenes. Then, you know, we'd highlight the best bites, we'd cut up the video, we'd write the article, we'd publish it. So I really got to really see it through from start to finish. So it was just an incredible, incredible training ground for me there. Yeah. Now, when you did production, Mm -hmm. what did that all entail, just for people to know? Because it's like you mentioned the video, editing the sound bites, Mm -hmm. and we're getting the clips. You were in control of all of that? Yeah, and I mean, the MTV News hip-hop team was very small, especially at the time that I was there. So... Uh, let's say an artist, I'll pick a random person, like, um, J. Cole came in for some reason, Mm -hmm. you know? So then, of course, you prep the questions that you want. You'll talk it over with your team where you want the interview to go, and then they'll help you set up the room, how you want the interview to look and feel. And, Mm -hmm. of course, when it's done, you want to sit down and watch all of the footage. At that point, we weren't putting out a ton of full-length interviews like we do now in Everyday Struggle, for example. Right. They always wanted to highlight the best part. Right. So it was about sitting with editors, figuring out the best clips, how they would work together, you know, approving the final product with your higher-ups, and then, like, writing the article to go with it. Etc. So, do you know how to edit and all that yourself? Video? Yeah. No, I wish I want to. Oh, okay. All it's right. on my list of things to do. It's worth it for yeah. me. Like I have equipment <laughs> that we're recording with right now. <laughs> like all that is mine, but I hate working the equipment. I'm more of an editor. Like I like to really do like Final Cut and oh, that's do amazing. all that. Did up. you teach yourself or you took classes? I took classes. I need to do that. Yeah. With all the intentions of being in front of the camera, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Once I started taking these classes, I really enjoyed the editing process and it helps when people flake on you when you, <laughs> you be like fuck it i edit the shit myself i don't that's want to funny. but i'm gonna edit myself i think that's a good skill to have <laughs> yes so in media who are some of the people prior to you doing your thing that inspired you men or women it doesn't matter both right obviously someone like sway and so getting to work with him was just unbelievable uh angie martinez um oprah and then people even like Diane Sawyers and Barbara Walters. Like, I look at people like that. And I'm, it's so incredible. I think there's space for different personalities in this, in this game. And so on Everyday Struggle, sometimes the guys are like, come on, why don't you jump out the window with us? Why don't you? I'm like, look, guys, that's not my personality. It's never who I've been. And I don't think I have to be that person to be successful. You guys do that and you do it great. I'm just more interested in... Like, watching the way Sway can handle an interview is really incredible. Like, he can make people feel so comfortable uh, and get them to open open up about things they would be so nervous talking about with anyone else. And same with people like a Barbara Walters or obviously an Oprah. And I really, really do admire people like that. I think it's a talent being able to listen and really try to get to know someone and make them comfortable. Yeah, I agree with you on that because when starting this podcast I said okay what's gonna be like my thing what what it's gonna be and for me I was like I want to be 
the hip hop Barbara Walters. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that you said her, I'm like, you get it. You need that. We need that. That balance. Because sometimes it feels like there's not a safe space where you can just go to have a conversation without feeling like you're going to get attacked. And I think people always deserve that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely with them too. I can see you in a space where it's like, let me hold out what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no reason to switch up now. Now we talked about Sway. We talked about who inspired you now. Complex. In the past, you said you probably applied 50 times. Mm-hmm. So what was it? that finally got you through that door as being their news anchor? Uh, so one day, uh, Noah Callahan Bever, so our editor-in-chief, or as of today, our former editor-in-chief, because he's leaving, uh, oh. heading over to Def Jam. Big congratulations to yeah, him. So uh, he reached out on Twitter, I believe, or maybe someone I knew at Complex said he was trying to get in touch. So basically, he took me out to lunch. Um, it was pretty unexpected. He said he had just heard good things about me from his staff, and he had seen an interview I did with ASAP Rocky at South by Southwest that Mm -hmm. year. And um, it's so crazy that that's what led to the moment. So that interview came about very randomly. And (laughs) What was it about that interview? What happened? um, He ended up talking about yams. It was right after, shortly after he had died, and Rocky had never really addressed it yet. And uh, the reports had just come out confirming how he had passed away Mm -hmm. and so I walked into that interview not even really intending to touch on that we just talked about music because Yana had an album out in a little bit but the interview did get there so it was a lot of ups and downs there were points where you're laughing and having a good time he talked about his breakup and then he talked about yams and how he passed away and um it was like a difficult interview in that did you go in with the with that information knowing that it just came out as to what happened to Yams? Were you yeah. informed? Yeah, the crazy thing okay. is I was walking into the house where we did the interview mm-hmm. and just sort of scrolling through Twitter and had saw that five minutes before the report had mm-hmm. come out. And I was shocked. And again, this is a situation that's so delicate because you lost a friend and a brother, and that's never something that you want to exploit mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I wanted to broach that very delicately. But um, I think he felt comfortable in that space and I'd interviewed him a couple times before. So he really opened up. And so, yes, I, I guess they saw that interview. Um, and so he wanted to meet me after that. So he said, I just wanted to know a little bit about more about you, what you're doing at MTV News, what your goals are tell you what we're doing here at Complex and see if that really aligns. So it was like a nice, it was a nice conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and he said, okay, so I'll talk to my team. We'll touch base later. At that point, I wasn't sure if anything would come of it, but we did talk a few more times. I eventually went in for an audition. I had to interview him on camera. Yeah, I had to interview him on camera as an audition. Yeah, which I never had to do before. Because at that point at MTV, in my head, I was still very much a writer the on-camera thing is something Sway pushed me to do, and I was very, very reluctant about it. Okay. Because I was very shy and very reserved as a kid, so being on camera was never something that, to this day, I'm still pretty uncomfortable with it. Really? Yeah, it's very strange. It's very <laughs> strange. I could sense it a little bit. Yeah. But just know you're safe here. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Wait, real quick. So Sway advised you to be more on camera. Who mm-hmm. was your first interview on camera? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. Why don't I know the answer to that? Yikes. Um, I'm not sure what, what my very first one was. It was um, the one that busted Cherry. Oh, man. How do I not know that? That's so <laughs> bad. That's so bad. I really can't remember the first one and at what time it had come because I worked there for a full year and I believe most of them were off camera. Okay. And so it was doing Rap Fix Live at the time. It was airing on MTV Jam. So I remember them asking, 
or suggesting that I be on the show. I could do social media, so check in with the fans and ask artists questions. So that was definitely, that I remember being on camera for the first time because I was terrified because it was also live TV mm-hmm. and I'd had no real training. I was not comfortable on camera. So I definitely wanted to throw up before the first <laughs> few episodes, but I think eventually I got over it. But I'm going to have to go figure out what my very first on-camera interview was. Okay. I should know that. <laughs> what was the best advice, though, now that we on Sway back on him that he gave you? Hmm. I think f- from Sway, it was less advice because he gives you so many gems on dealing with a lot of things behind the scenes politics how to handle artists and stuff it was Mm -hmm. more about watching the way that he moves somewhat sway is successful and he's legendary Mm -hmm. and yet when he walks into a room he's always the warmest person in the room you know what i mean he makes everyone feel special and he'll give you one-on-one time and he'll take who needs an alarm in the morning when mcdonald's has sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and a breakfast cut off the time to understand you see how your day is and he treated everyone at mtv uh the same way so i don't know just watching the way he moved i learned more than i could ever really explain yeah he's really incredible he's a rare person now tell me about this uh audition process child <laughs> i need to know how this went down this is interesting this okay is well you would body ever. this audition by the way why would you say what? Look what you're doing right now. Oh, okay. I don't you know. Would, no, you would be great at it. It was very much this. No, they just oh, really okay. had me go into a conference room, uh, sit down and interview Noah on camera. And I was definitely nervous, but it was also cool because there's a lot of stuff I had wanted to ask him because I grew up reading Complex. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all those times I was trying to get in the building, I was reading his cover stories for Complex, like the one with Kanye when Dark Twisted Fantasy dropped. Like I had read and followed all of that work. So there were a lot of questions I genuinely wanted to ask. So I just was myself and I did that and apparently it worked out okay. How many people do you know you beat for that position? I have no idea. He didn't tell you? Okay, was it one of those stages? I was like, okay, you went through round one. And you went through round two. Was it one of those, like, come back for the second round? It's weird. No, it, uh, so the meetings were very spread out. So say the first one was in the spring. One happened in late August. The other one happened in October. Because it was also, I know it was very busy. (laughs) It was like VMA season for me. So there'd be points where they would reach out. I couldn't make it and vice versa. So it Mm -hmm. took a long time in between the meetings. And then once I did the audition, I think he made me an offer the same day. Oh, wow. Or very shortly after. Like, as soon as I got back to my office at MTV, he emailed me like, hey, you know, could we get on the phone and talk? So that was nice. I was surprised. I was surprised that they were that impressed. You bodied it, apparently. Because it is. You're always, or at least me, you're always, like, doubting yourself or always thinking about the things you could have done better or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But I guess externally it looked fine. Although I've never seen the tape. Oh. I still haven't seen it. I don't know. (laughs) Once you got in there, you're supposed to be like, yo, Noel, let me see that. Let me get that. I should get a copy of that. Another thing I have to ask for. Okay. Okay, so... That's how you you got the job. You auditioned with him one on one. Now you're in there and you're in there as their on air personality. Yeah. So they have Complex has a few news anchors, mm-hmm. um, and they hired me to, you know, be their lead anchor. It was going into election season, and so they wanted to do election coverage and all of that. So that would be part of my job. And I also had to manage all of the other anchors and then day to day content for the Complex News YouTube channel. So that's everything from approving the stories that the anchors would pitch when they write the script. I would have to edit it and send back the final version. 
check out the video when it goes up to make sure there are no errors, make sure the YouTube page is looking clean, approve interviews, just really day-to-day editorial stuff. So mm-hmm. on a larger scale, basically, of what I was doing at MTV. Because MTV, it's such a big company, Viacom. It's been around for so long. Complex yeah. is a lot younger and newer. And so the energy is different. Complex moves 10 times as fast oh. at MTV News. So when I got there, I was stunned. We were producing, I feel like, at least 10 videos a day. At MTV, it was nothing close to that. You know, it was much more like, we take our time, we put out less content that's, you know what I mean? So uh, Was that exciting for you? Did you it was exciting, that? but it was extremely up. overwhelming. It was a lot, you know, adjusting to a brand new job after having built a family at MTV News, trying to get to know everyone, and also managing your peers is also weird, you know? I could imagine. Yeah, not the easy situation. Um, and then traveling a ton. We traveled so much that year because of the election coverage. I believe my very first week um, was one of the first debates in South Carolina. So I survived my first week. I'm super relieved. I'm like, all right, I made it. I don't think I fucked anything up. I didn't do anything terrible. Now, this this past election. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is 2016, like January 2016. Yeah. Uh, Google calls, and they're like, hey, we would love to part partner with you guys on the election. We would love to fly you down to South Carolina to cover the debate. So my first week, all of a sudden, I'm on the ground in South Carolina doing live streams about politics. I was terrified, again, because I'd been covering music for so long. I'm not a political expert, but my bosses really wanted to cover the election from our perspective. They thought it was really important. So it was a very, very long year. I feel like I was on a flight every other week. So doing that and having to manage a team and then still think about my on-camera presence is a lot. Sounds overwhelming. Yeah, but I guess that's how you grow and that's how you learn, right? Yeah. It was definitely a lot. I would not relive that year again. Wow. Yeah, no. I've got so many questions about that, but I kind of want to bring it um, to my favorite show that's out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of all three of y'all. I knew Joey for a while, uh-huh. at least over 10 years, I would say, just from the whole music scene and rapper you know all the stories it sounds like over 10 years that's over 10 years it hasn't been like we ain't been like joint by the hip but you know what i mean just in within the same industry um being on set together and him just being a real cool stand-up guy and i appreciate him linking this up so shout out to joey (laughs) because i wanted you on the show and he made it happen for me um talk to me about everyday struggle and how this journey has been for you so far yeah, what a ride it's been. Um, so Joe, I guess I've met Joe over the years, right, working at MTV because we've done Slaughterhouse interviews but never knew each other. Mm-hmm. So I guess I really met him for the first time last summer. The day of the VMAs in 2016, we went skydiving. Um, he was dropping his... his <laughs> yeah, what? I, I know, right? <laughs> Very random. Complex had you go through the ringer, child. <laughs> yeah, so let me, everything from election it coverage... It has been nonstop with you and Complex. Yeah, it's really, it's really been a journey, man. Sometimes I think I'm making this stuff up. The word and the way you just, like, explaining it is just so nonchalant. So, yeah, I got there, and then, you know, <laughs> I was on, the, on a plane. I was here and there every day covering this, and then we went skydiving. And then I we, do like doing crazy things like skydiving. I love adventures. You notice they make fun of me on the show. If I ever am in nature or do anything fun, they clown me. But, look, it's fun. I love adventures. But uh, So, yeah, he was releasing his um his last album, and he wanted to do something a little different for promo, so they suggested this. I was like, yeah, why not? Cool. So uh, we woke up super early, went to Jersey at like 5, 6 a.m., mm-hmm. picked him up. And so me and our head of production uh, for Complex News spent uh-huh. the entire day with Joe. 
what a trip you know what i mean like <laughs> how was that you know, he's such he's, he's such a character it was the first time getting to know him he was like super sick so he's waking up he's pissed at his manager that it's this early but he was really great we had a what year was this uh this was last year this was just last, last year. last august this video is on YouTube. You have to check it out oh later. Oh, my God. I didn't see this This one. is very, very recent. So this is before Everyday Struggle. Yeah. Okay, got you. So this is how we first started talking, but uh, we joke about it a lot of time. A lot of that day, he spent just telling me how much he hated Complex. Some artists don't like the brand. Sometimes they see articles that offend them. You know, that happens, mm-hmm. but sometimes they make up. It comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And so he was airing out all of his issues with Complex and you know, lumping it with, with the whole company. I'm like, look, I understand you have some issues, but there are cool people at Complex, even if you've had, you've seen articles in the past that you didn't like. So I think after that whole day uh, with me and uh, my production manager, mm-hmm. he sort of warmed up to the brand a little bit more. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, we just sort of kept in touch. If he was ever in the neighborhood for meetings or something, he would come up and like say hi really quickly. And then I think conversations for Everyday Struggle started early 2017. Right. So we launched in April. Yeah. So it started earlier in the year and I wasn't initially initially involved. I don't know why I can't speak tonight. I'm sorry. I took a nap and I'm still struggling with my words. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't I was not involved in the initial round of meetings. Noah was actually going to be the moderator. And I was only really confirmed to be on the show the Thursday before it launched the no, next Monday. No, it was Monday. your boss yeah. that gave you the job. Yeah. So we both auditioned for the role of moderator. Um, but again, Who I told you... Who were you auditioning to if he was the one... Um, the head of our video department. Since Noah was really the head of like editorial content. Got it. I know that's like a little bit confusing, but it's yeah, basically... It's interesting both, backstory, though. Maybe audition's not the word. We both tested The guy that's, that the hired role. you, the guy that hired you, you were up against him to be the moderator. <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean um how did that go i mean clearly you got the job but how did that go between you and noah it's his name right yeah yeah um i mean it was fine we didn't uh talk too much about it not necessarily i think he started doing uh the screen test first and i probably started about a week before uh the show launch so it was fine i think eventually it worked itself out um, but I don't know, but yeah, it, it was very last minute just because things move super fast at complex. So I think maybe other people would have been like, all right, it's time to go out and fix my hair and buy a whole new wardrobe, et cetera. I was like, all right, it's Thursday and I'm on Monday. I guess we're just, it was that we're fast just hit for the you? button. Yeah. Wow. It was like that last minute that I was confirmed to be on the show. If you look at the original article that was published on complex.com, it still says that Noah is the moderator, I believe. And so, so there was a point where we discussed even rotating the role of moderator like maybe i would do a couple episodes he would do a couple uh-huh. um but yeah in retrospect that probably would have been really difficult to pull off yeah hell yeah hold on one second i just heard it. very last minute literally mm-hmm. did a few auditions um and then yeah found out i was gonna be on it so then one day i woke up i got on the train at 5 a.m and that's how the story began <laughs> everybody loves mcdonald's fries so, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But it was basically right away, like overnight. Like, you weren't involved in the creative process of how Everyday Struggle came about. Yeah, because at first I was just not ever a part of the plan, you know? But did you hear about the plans? Oh, yeah, I heard. I knew it was coming, and because I knew Joe and we were, like, cool... 
he was keeping me in the loop. Like before I believe he came up for one of the very first meetings or after his meeting, we went across the street and like had some food and he was like explaining what's going on. Cause at th- that point he was still focused on finding the next host. Like academics also wasn't in the picture yet. So I guess I was Academ- part of the conversations wasn't. there. Yeah, no. And so at that point, Joe was like, um, no one had met academics yet. You know, we'd seen he had such a big YouTube presence. We know his voice, but we had never seen him in real life. So I remember eating French fries and us being like, man, what is academics going to be like? So that was like the first time we really started talking about it. But yeah, at that point, I still was not um, the moderator at all. Now, prior to you meeting with Joe, the people over at Complex already expressed about doing an everyday struggle with Joe. Was Joe always the main component when it came to this show? They knew they wanted him. Like, was this show created for Joe Budden? Yeah, so that's something, honestly, you would really have to ask Joe since I was in there for the very initial conversations. I know Elliot Wilson was involved in, like, initial talks, and then yeah, he did it came to that. Complex and, like, Noah, and then, you know what I mean? So I'm not exactly sure where it started, so I wouldn't want to give any... Uh, False information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to be that one here. I'm going to leave that to Joe. He's great at that. He delivers okay. it with such charisma that it works, even he if does. it's not true. <laughs> even if it's not true. We'll stick with it, man. <laughs> What has been an everyday struggle for you every, on everyday every struggle? Every single part of it has been an everyday struggle. From the morning commute, boy, I am not a morning person. I get all my best work done when the rest of the world is sleeping. Me too. So having to wake up at 5 a.m., like, what are we, eight months in? I'm, like, used to it. My body's now on the cycle, but I still hate it. It's hard for me to have a social life now. I am exhausted by, like, 5 o'clock. So, yeah, getting there that early also doing hair and makeup myself. I'm a pretty low maintenance person. I'm like very chill. You notice Joe makes fun of me like you never wear girl clothes. You never this and that. I'm like very relaxed. Um, you never wear girl clothes. Whatever that means. <laughs> I know what he means, but clearly you wear woman clothing. Not womanly enough for, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, it's so hilarious. So but. yeah, that getting there in the morning, the whole hair and makeup process, like doing hair and makeup for on camera. There's some days where I just can't. People hit me like, oh my God, can someone help this girl her left eyebrow today is all i'm just like you know what you're right you're right i was really tired this morning i had my coffee it didn't work while i was doing my makeup today so you prefer to do it yourself or you guys no. don't have a glam I definitely squad do there? not prefer what no way i hate you guys don't have I, hair and makeup there no this is one of those things man people make all of those assumptions we are such like complex and part of what makes it great sometimes is it sort of feels like a startup like mm-hmm. um We've been doing video for a few years right now, but we're not like at a Viacom level. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're still very much like feeling our way through. So I don't know what people think is glamorous about my job, like, but it's not. It literally is me getting up at 5 a.m., getting to the office at 6, and I spend 30 minutes in the woman's bathroom doing hair and makeup in dim lighting just so when I come out, Joe can be like, Nadeska is always late. No, Nadeska was here. She just has to like fix her ha- her hair and face. I'm sorry, women yes. have to do that. So it takes time, darling. Yeah, and then you know after that we'll usually have our uh, little pre production meetings. But again, that's what does that mean with like a Joe Biden? It depends on the morning. You know what I mean? Sometimes we'll actually like talk about it, or sometimes Joe will just be like, I don't care about any of this. I'll figure out when it's on set. So like. Every day, it's just like, you never know with these two guys. They have huge personalities, both on and off camera. Mm-hmm. Now, being a fellow woman in media, when I watch it in the beginning, I was telling Joe this on um, on Woman in Hip Hop Podcast when he was a guest. I was like, I like Nadeska, but I want her to talk more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read the comments, but... Do you read the comments? That's a whole other story, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to those, Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> and, um... It's funny, but as I continue to watch the show, I felt like you've 
become more verbal. Um, were you, I guess, cognizant of that? Did you feel like you didn't have a voice so much on that show? Yeah. And pretty much explain what it all entailed for you to be a moderator. What, did they tell you they pretty much just want you to moderate and not give much input? Right. To be honest, there wasn't like a ton of uh, instruction at first. And then as soon as, as the show started, especially people in the building will give me tidbits. So you should talk more. You could shut them down sometimes. You could do this or that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it wasn't, there was no very clear instruction and it was just really difficult. You know, I think explain. How I saw a lot of those comments. People have been like, this girl's an idiot. Where did she come from? Why she's here sitting around just not talking? Um, and I understand an all idiot. those. No, I never felt like I, I get a lot of a that. A lot of people still to this day. I had someone hit me up three weeks ago and it always confuses me when people do this. Basically, he was saying, like, look, I'm so proud of you. You're on the show. But man, the hate is real out here. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, yeah, all my friends just think you have no idea what you're talking about. They think you know nothing about hip hop. But like, I've literally put in like nine or 10 years. So like, I know what I'm doing. I've met more of these artists and interviewed them than Joe has. You know what I mean? That's why I can give him feedback when we're picking. But I'm in a space where I'm sitting. I'm used to, again, doing interviews. I like to listen to people, learn about them. I'm sitting between two very loud theatrical men. Joe is a performer. He went through love and hip hop. Ak has this YouTube channel where it's just him getting drunk in his basement, screaming into the, you know, the screen and his fans love it and whatever. And like, it's just not me. So, of course, adjusting to that on camera is hard. There are points where I'll try to talk and they'll scream over me. You think it's easy to out scream Joe Budden? Like, serious question. Hell no. Okay. So I could me, probably give him some <laughs> I can't even competition. Get close. I can't even get close. So trying to scream over both of them, just fighting to get a chance to speak. Of course, it's very frustrating, you know, but um, it has gotten better as we've gotten used to each other. And again, that's one of the hard parts. Like, it's like having two new coworkers and developing chemistry and getting to know each other with the whole world watching and picking you apart. Every single thing. It could be a Monday where we're just tired. Like sometimes you just have those days where you're a little sluggish. Oh boy, the storylines. Oh man, Nadeska must have really done something to piss Joe off today because this, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it definitely, it's like a lot. People picking it's you apart. And, in front of us. Yeah. Like as we're watching it, you guys are learning each other. Exactly. And so imagine, and we don't know that. Right. Imagine what it feels like to be the person who is like, yeah, you're getting to know these people. You're doing a job you've never done before and moderating these two difficult personalities. And I love those guys, but like, it's not easy sometimes. And plus the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, like people seem to think that the hour that you watch the show is all of it. No, like there's stuff before and after, like the whole Migos thing that happened. I knew it was like super fun for everyone to watch, but you wouldn't believe the bullshit that went on behind the scenes and how stressful that was. So it's been a very like, um, it's been great. It's been great to grow with them. They're like family now, but it's been a very, very difficult year. It's been like ups and downs. And um, this year I learned how much people love to hate other people. Yeah. Like I sit between these two guys and there's some people who hate me so passionately that they'll make multiple accounts to like, say awful shit to me all day and if eventually I block them they'll get pissed and make more I'm like really what is it that I'm doing that's so deeply offensive to you it's very interesting I've learned a lot a lot this year and what was your answer to yourself when you asked yourself that I could give you an answer real quick yeah I mean I always try to they wish they were fucking you <laughs> like they wish they were you they wish they was in that position because again like I said it's literally my favorite show to watch on the internet and I think when people see you, they wish they can fulfill those shoes instead of just appreciating what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just such you know maybe yeah. it's that because it's such a popular show. Yeah, it's a hard concept for me to understand because I just can't imagine, especially like w- the most hurtful hate that I've gotten is from other black women, and that is wounding because I think for me any black woman that I see excelling in any space. One, I'm super proud of her because I know what she must have gone through to get there. If you think there's any black woman in any position of any sort of power or prominence mm-hmm. and it hasn't been hell for her behind the scenes, then you're tripping. Um, so one, just proud of her. And two, that's a win for all of us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're, when I see Issa Rae, she has an HBO production deal. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is where we're going. Like, this is some. I could write a TV show one day because she's helping to open these doors. So... Yeah, man, it's like super, the most hurtful hate I've gotten is from other black women, but I've also developed tougher skin. And that's something Joe has told me all year. You just have to be tougher. You know what I mean? Even if people hate you, at least you're getting them talking. Mm-hmm. So that's something I have very much having, I have to get used to, especially um, from some of the fans. People have told me horrible things. Like after the Vic Mensa interview, there are people, academics fans, who told me that they hope my mom died in her sleep. Oh, what girl, would, what would don't take you, me there. What oh, would no. you say that to a person? So there are days when, like, I'll just disappear from the internet, and people are like, you need to post more, you got to tweet more, you got to Instagram, but, like, there are some human. points in the show where, like, the negativity is so much, so I'm just like, meh, I'd rather just not be on the internet. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take a few days off, come back feeling rested and ready to deal with this shit again. Yeah. Now, when you say the hate, surprisingly hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster oh you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about well get ready to feel that excitement all over again because amazon prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level absolutely prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker it's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. After a while, it's not so surprising that it comes from other black women. Did it come from women that you knew? No. It always came from like comments. This is not me saying all black women, and I don't want to say that because there are a lot of people who show me love and a lot of black women and uh, people that I run into them all the time and they say how proud they are and they ask for advice. So by no No. means am I saying that they're the majority. I'm just saying that's the portion that hurts me the hurt me the most because and it comes most would you say mostly it comes from that at this point i feel like it's just a lot of kids on the internet like yeah. young fans like academics fans that like very young audience <laughs> the trollers we yeah like the trollers. i get it the most from them now so i'm definitely not trying to say that the majority of people i didn't take it that way and i don't think anyone woman, listening is, is taking yeah. it that way and if you know you're listening right now and you're a fan of the podcast i've made a point to say that it's called women in hip-hop and the hardest thing for me to get is women <laughs> on women in hip hop podcasts, you know, for the same reasons that you're expressing right now. And I said that to Joe and he said, you know, I was just 
having this conversation with my moderator, Nadeska. Right. And then we started talking about you. And I saw him recently mention that on the show. I don't know who was the guest, but he did say, you know, women will shade each other under the guidelines of women empowerment. Absolutely. And literally, I've been experiencing that in the flesh. That's why I asked you. doesn't mean you knew the person, but you experienced it firsthand in person. Mm-hmm. Fuck the comments on YouTube. Forget all of that. But I've actually dealt with women um, from all races. But it does hurt when it, it comes from your own kind. Mm-hmm. And you know that they kind of built this empire under those guidelines right. of and that concept of woman empowerment and then you want to connect and you want to build and you want to you know cross promote whatever it is and it's like Arr! and it's exactly. like Whoa. exactly like, i thought that you was about that life no. sister what happened and, and, and most of the women in the industry have absolutely shown me a lot of love and people like you and i appreciate it we haven't yeah. even met you know but i nope. appreciate i it's appreciate our first time just to be clear yeah but um <laughs> yeah it's just uh it's it's very strange and and confusing and uh the worst part is those people like you said who hide under the guise of women empowerment they're on yeah. twitter and instagram talking about it and then realizing that they're fake but in that situation you can't do anything about it right because then you're not going to tell the world hey this person is preaching this but actually they're really not like that i you think sh- we should start calling motherfuckers i just out. i feel like calling people out doesn't even i feel like you just have to like that's a lot of it it's just like dealing with all this like hurt and negative energy yeah not letting it consume you and figuring out a way to make it productive like what's the lesson i learned from this how am i going to shake this off and keep it moving without taking it personal because that shit will eat you alive like there are so many days like again when people ask for like advice one of the things I tell them a lot of it is just going to depend on how headstrong you are and how persistent you are there are so many days that I want to quit days that I feel defeated there's been weeks we filmed this show where I feel like depressed I'm like dreading coming to work because of what's going on behind the scenes like it's really difficult so behind the scenes at work yeah, I mean, with the show, look, again, it's three people just put together, trying yeah. to learn each other. Shit's going to happen. It's like yeah. a family. You're going to fight. You're going to make up. You know, sometimes you can see it sort of playing out on the show. The like, And then the next day we're back and we're having fun. Like, it really is like a family. You have your ups and downs. But, yeah, with the whole world watching and picking you apart while you're also trying to deal with that, it has been like a very trying year, you know? Yeah. Like, I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot, but it hasn't been easy. Yeah. Yeah, I commend you though, because you are more so in the in the front line of it all, and that's where they have the trollers have the opportunity to kind of really tear you apart mm-hmm. when you're really just trying to do your job right. and do it your way. Right. That's what I got when I watch you, because like I said when I interviewed Joe, I was like, I wanted to talk more, I want to talk more, but then after watching, I was like, you know what, I get this, and then I'm starting to get the concept of the show, and now after interviewing you right now, I'm hearing that you guys are learning each other as it's happening in yeah. front of us. It's almost like reality t- reality TV. It really, it really is. <laughs> like, honestly, if we, the had, real reality TV. if we had a camera behind the scenes, like, mm-hmm. it might be even more interesting than the show. Like, you wouldn't believe. Hey, that's the concept. <laughs> you might want to get on that, right? <laughs> Hook up the GoPro, but yeah, just, I'm just really trying to do my best and grow, and like, I hope it gets better and better but like yeah you have to understand for some people it's just a sport tearing you down and there's definitely a sector of teenage boys on the internet who just hate women yeah. you just can't do anything right so you just have to know that that's how that goes yeah now what are your real thoughts on academics 
and <laughs> Joe Buddy. Just your real thoughts. Like, just explain how you really feel about them two. Yo, those are my guys. They're just so opposite. It's crazy. Like, the dynamic. Are they so between, opposite? They're so opposite. I see that, watching that. But you're in the, literally in the middle. The dynamic is just, like, really unbelievable. This is your time to shine because you, my dear, do not get to talk as much. I know. And I was so adamant about having you up here because I was like, I just want her to have a voice. I want her to have a platform to to tell her story and just, you know, have fun. It's yeah. not going to be, you know, a situation where I'm like, spill all the tea. Yeah. I really just want you, I want the listeners and the viewers to get to know you hmm. because those two are so dynamic yeah. and so out in the forefront on that show. Right. So. Well, so what, what do I think about academics? <laughs> I guess the character is just so interesting. It was very interesting meeting him for the first time. People hate him, by the way. But I think people hate Joe. Some people really hate me. People, they hate each other for different reasons. People hate them too for different reasons. That's but true. we'll get on that. That's why I really just want to hear your assessment of the yeah. team. Yeah. The very interesting thing about <laughs> academics is so like, look, he has this extremely loyal fan base. Man, you do not want to piss them off. They have come for me. He has a beehive? Or, yes. Yes. Are, academics. Boy, they don't play, man. Trust, if they see an episode and they don't like, after the Vic Mensa episode, whew, we'll they're on, on my neck for weeks. Uh so yeah, the interesting thing about him is although he has this huge fan base and he's been doing his own media for so long, he is so green to the industry. And Joe and I, Joe, of course, has been in the industry for decades. Yeah. I've been doing this for a while, so I know a lot of people behind the scenes. Act knows none of this. So his perspective on a lot of things really come from such a fan perspective sometimes, which is confusing. A fan perspective. Yeah. Okay. AKA they don't have all the information. Right. You know what I mean? You're looking right. at it purely as a fan, but he also has this big following. It's just like a very strange dynamic. So him being out in the world, um, adapting to even corporate environment, he's very perceptive. He likes to watch and like see what's going on and like understand things. So watching both of them adapt to corporate life is pretty hilarious to be completely honest with you. They're just not used to it. They don't understand the concept of me being staff. Like, all right guys, Joe, you're going to leave. You're going to go back to the pool. I still have to be here. I have meetings. I have other <laughs> shit to do all day. Shout out to the pool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, but watching act get acclimated to the industry and like, become more confident and grow into himself because I'm sure like again he has his diehard fans the people who don't love him but like no matter what happens on the show I really respect that he's never too rattled no matter what happens he's gonna come on and be a professional and he's gonna do his job and I really respect him for that so it's amazing but it really feels like watching um, a child grow in some ways I was gonna say that too that's a good analogy it really does I see that what about Joey (laughs) Joe (laughs) Joe's one of the most dynamic humans I've ever met in my life. Can we say that? Okay. <laughs> um, and he really feels like a big brother, and we fight like brother and sister sometimes. Okay. We absolutely do. And, like, I love him, and we have a lot of fun together, but there are days when he's just, like, being a little manic or he's being obsessive or he doesn't like how something went or, like, you know, like, after the Migos interview, we got yelled at in the car on the way back to the hotel. You know, why would you guys want to do this? You fucking groupies, complex. No, oh, he was yelling at you guys? Yeah, of course, of course. So, like, we get that. You know what I mean? So there's, like, a lot of jokes and fun. Sometimes we're getting yelled at. We're all fighting with each other. Like, I'm telling you, like, no day is the same. Like, you never know what you're walking into behind the <laughs> scenes. But, like, they're great. Joe's, like, a great person. He gives me some good advice, although some of it definitely is from, I'm like, Joe, I don't have retired rapper money. I can't do what you're telling me to do right now. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck all these rules and laws and complex. Just do what you want. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, Joe. I'm sorry. 
This is actually corporate world. You're more on the creative side. Exactly. I, I have to balance these a little bit, you know, until I'm free one day. If we can, let's talk about the Migos. I was going to wait to talk about that, but I do want you to elaborate on that because I have a segment on here with you that I was going to say my favorite episodes mm-hmm. on um, Everyday Struggle. So, of course, the infamous Migos versus... I won't even say Everyday Struggle. It was Migos versus Joey. Like, yeah. Right? It really was. Poor Nadeska. I mean... I saw you jump in the middle. <laughs> Yo. And I'm totally reactive in that same way. Uh-huh. I would have done that and then later got cussed out for doing it. Oh, like, I got Why, out. as a woman, are you jumping? I got... It's just, you just... I think it was a natural it's reaction. It's totally an instinct to protect. And a mm-hmm. lot of guys hit me after that, especially guys in the industry. Don't you ever jump between two dudes about to get into fights, step out of the way, let Joe, let Ak, whoever it is, catch the fade. Like, we don't need you in the middle. But, yeah, it's completely instinctual. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, again, whatever we go through, that's, like, my family. I'm a very, very loyal person. So yeah. no matter what we go through, like, if you're ever in trouble, my first instinct is to protect. I'll never do that again. I learned my lesson, but yeah. I was terrified. I was like, if someone hits someone, it's over. Where are those kids that you invited to the party? You came with all your hood rat friends and created chaos. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want a full-on brawl on the BT carpet. I didn't want anyone getting hurt. So, yeah, it was totally stupid of me to jump in the way. I wouldn't do that again. But, like, in the moment, I just couldn't help it. Okay. Give us a little backstory as to really went down at the BET Awards. <laughs> Did you see it coming? No, I mean, was there a conversation? Honestly, I didn't see it or understand it until we got back to the hotel and watched the footage. I was still confused. So, um, you guys you remember look confused. The, I was so, <laughs> couldn't hear anything. So you guys remember the little Yachty episode of uh, Everyday Struggle. Yes. Joe yells at him about not knowing his financial label situation, whatever. And that's yes. kind of where the tension started because him and Migos are both on the same label. So I think it just sort of carried on from there, and it was, like, bubbling. And uh, early in the day, Joe said he went out to get dress socks or something like that and ran into <laughs> one of the guys from QC. So there was just a little bit of backstory. And I guess when Migo sat down, maybe he tried to dap them. They didn't really react. And so he was immediately just, like, Oh, uh, he tried to dap them. I think so, and he said there was no response. So he was just sort of, like, There was some fuck out of here. So you saw him with his bitchy Auntie Joe face on immediately, just looking <laughs> at them the whole time. And so he was sitting the closest. Academics and I could not hear a thing. It's super loud on red carpets like it's hard to hear migos never speak up they're always sort of whispering to begin with okay so like i was confused why they why joe dropped the mic because i was only partially hearing the conversations Mm -hmm. and then i was just very confused about everything so yeah not till we watched the footage back did i realize that when x said you know you're one of my favorite groups that it really sent joe off the deep edge he (laughs) dropped like it was just i literally couldn't hear and i know a lot of people thought we were trolling or act was trolling i swear we just couldn't hear anything they were saying yeah because the meme were crazy well i did see somewhere where joe explained that he ran into one of the guys from their team and he was like chill on the little yachty Mm -hmm. And he did try to dab one of the members, and he was giving him no love. Yeah. And then y'all kind of just, did y'all just kind of just go into the whole interview process after that? And then it just, yeah. what we saw unfolded, th- was it a lot of editing involved? Was a lot of things cut out? Or was yeah, it? Yeah, no, I think that the guy he would saw earlier made a comment to him as well. And then, yeah, the Migos wouldn't dap him up. So the vibe was already weird, but I hadn't even seen that they wouldn't really dap him. So I missed that completely. That. Yeah, no, because okay. the carpet's just hectic, and we were, like, switching guests pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ak, again, 
a fan. He's never met any of these guys. He's covered them for so long, but this is his first time out in the world. He's like staring at all the beautiful women walking on the carpet and seeing all these rappers for the first time. So he was just genuinely excited. So the energy was opposite. Joe's like, I'm already over these dudes. Ak is super excited. And I'm in the middle, like I've had many awkward Migos interviews. So it's just like, whatever at this point, you know, <laughs> already with Complex. Right? Oh yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. We had a weird one at Complex kind of had several like encounters with them. I know at MTV, I interviewed them years ago. Like when Versace, I think had finally had, had first come out. Yeah. So it's, it's yes. yeah, it's been a while. So um, yeah, I don't know. That just really went left really quick. It happened very fast, and not until we got back to the hotel room and watched the footage did I fully understand. Like I had heard nothing that Takeoff was saying to act that entire time. Mm. So none of that was scripted. I promise you. Just mm. did anybody get hurt? No. No one got touched. Thank God. And that's why I'm happy that I did jump in there he was like security where's our security we got a security guard just for this because the guys were worried about it and we've at complex like usually it's like me covering the carpet with other anchors we're not worrying about beefing with anyone we don't need security so that Mm -hmm. was a first for the brand as well and we get the security guard and then shit goes down where is he like where is he i think he was trying to take take pictures with amigos do all sorts of weird shit i'm like why am i getting in between this fight before you (laughs) so i know i sound stupid at the end screaming for security but i was genuinely like man you was a smart one paying you outside of jumping in the middle (laughs) which i'm like would have done the same thing but you know natural instincts that's what you do yeah wrong or right doesn't matter next time we'll have better security (laughs) <laughs> Although my boss after that was like, all right, kids, no more field trips. You guys are not. <laughs> so you're never going to do red carpet again? Look, I mean, I hope so, right? The Grammys are in New York next year. Yeah, South by Southwest. It would be cool guys. to go out and meet the fans because going out and feeling people like really. That's when I finally realized how much people love the show. Because yes. although there are people online who love and hate or whatever, in real life, the love They're is like overwhelming. Oh, never. Face. No one in real life has ever said anything neg- negative because you know how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. But it would be amazing to take the show on the road and do stuff like that. But like, again, we're just those friends. I feel like those friends you can't take anywhere. <laughs> we're just always <laughs> they don't know act. how to act. They don't know how to act ever. <laughs> you just can't take us. Have so. you heard from their camp after that at all? Uh, well, yeah, on the way here tonight, I saw that they uh, <laughs> that they dropped that song where they're shitting on Joe, right? <gasps> Should we play it? I heard it's like, I think it's like Quavo on the hook. Uh, something, um, if it's a hater, you call that Joe Budden. We're Are definitely you... talking about that tomorrow. Joe's going to have a field day, I'm sure. That just happened prior yeah. to you coming like here tonight, for this interview? Like tonight, it's out, yeah. I, I've totally missed that. So I don't think, no, there's, they haven't, as far as I know, maybe behind the scenes, I don't know if Joe's talked to label people, I feel like Ak has. He hasn't spoken to the Migos at all. We've Ak spoken to I believe He team? might have spoken to okay. their team. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm knocking things over. Um, but yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but he's had no conversations like with the Migos. It would be nice to have them on next year to celebrate yeah. the one year anniversary of that but you know yeah let's see if we can patch things up before then so what did they say in this record i i literally just heard a snippet i don't know if the whole song is out yet <laughs> if i could grab my phone we could play it but i i, I hear quavo just calling joe button a hater on it it's a whole record you know what i'm gonna implement it in in the editing put it in like says, a snippet yeah yes, i'm, I'm excited to hear the rest of it now let's talk about some of my favorite episodes on there. It's funny I don't have those cards in front of me, but I I, I have a good memory I think. Um, that and I makes want you one of us, <laughs> one of us. I just want to get your input on it. So the little yachty obviously was another famous one, right? What the hell was you thinking as that was going down? Like God, please don't let his fucking forehead explode. It looked like his veins were gonna pop out of his head, like Joe when he was screaming. But again, that's why we have such opposite styles of dealing with people in interviews 
I felt bad for Yadi and I just wanted to jump in, especially there's some points I think we were debating and Yadi wasn't really talking. I don't like when guests come. I feel like I'm very old fashioned in that way. I always want a guest to feel very welcome, you know, so I wanted to make sure he got a chance to talk. And then when Joe started screaming, I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know how to help this kid, because that's the point where I could try to interject. It doesn't matter. Joe's just going to scream louder than I have. Mm. So in those situations, you just sort of have to let it unfold. But I'm glad that we've gotten past those situations. Our interviews, I think, are a lot better now than they were um, around the time of Because he was you guys first guest. Was he? He might have been the very first guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like him and Wale were the early ones. Because at that point, they were being super selective with guests. Like, Joe didn't want a ton of people on. Um, so, yeah, what a way to start. So, I guess, in hindsight, would you say you kind of, like you said, you felt bad for Lil Yachty. So, in that particular argument, your team Yachty? Hmm. Know if you're safe i feel like academics would be like no i wasn't fucking with joey on that but he was wrong yeah no the thing is joe was making a good point <laughs> he was he but, was he he actually he brought a lot out of yachty yeah and brought a lot of information out for the listeners and the viewers to kind of be like oh you know what i know what a 360 is now right before and that's, they probably and that's what's so incredible. I about, feel like he even educated a little yacht right? yeah he didn't know yeah. what that was and i, I was shocked too. yeah because i um as a music journalist, of course, we cover more of, like, the music and some of the, like, business stuff. But, like, I am definitely learning a lot from him about labels, deals, and stuff. So, like, his point was completely valid. Everything mm-hmm. he was saying was accurate. Just, like, the delivery, because Yachty's such, like, his his temperament is like this. So it's very subdued. chill, yeah. so subdued, very, like, easygoing. And Joe is just so extra. So, like, watching Yachty try to soak it all. And, like, him telling Joe to chill. That was yo, hilarious. I, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I was like, that's the perfect response to him. He's freaking out, and you're just sitting here staring at him, like, kind of confused. So, now, Joe's point was completely valid, but uh, <laughs> uh, he could have maybe taken it a little easier on poor Yachty. The delivery could have the, been a little as better. As always, as always. <laughs> the Ashanti interview. Now, one line in particular, or the one question, the or the biggest discrepancy, I would say, out of that whole thing was um, her feeling like she didn't want money thrown on her mm-hmm. because even though she's dressed in a bodysuit, mm-hmm. which Joe was like, strippers wear bodysuit, and that was crazy to me because Joe was right, but I feel like Joe is great at what he does on that show because he knows how to spark an argument slash debate and that's really what that show is it's the hip-hop version of first take Mm -hmm. that's how i sum it up which i loved and i'm like joe know damn well what she's trying to say exactly but he will just go till he gets you he'll but she wasn't backing down i'll give it to her and so look we don't she's a libra yeah we don't have oh okay so this is a libra thing we don't have a lot of female (laughs) guests up man and she came ready for both of them i was like I'm stepping out of the way. I saw you a few times. You was like, get him a shot. like, oh, fuck, get him a yeah, shot. Yeah, I was like, it's nice to have some backup for once. Because you realize we can't talk about anything woman-related on that show, man. It just devolves into such a hot mess so quickly. You think so? Yeah. And then someone's going to call me a queen feminist. And I just like, it's so condescending. We don't and need like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, just, exactly. I just have an opinion. Yeah, no. I just know right from wrong. Having conversations with them about anything woman-related is just, like, really a mess. That's been one of the most challenging parts. Yeah. Of, you know what I mean? Because you've probably, of course, feel obligated as an only yeah, woman on that show. Yeah, stuff that I am going through that I'm actively dealing with. But you're just being a queen feminist. What does a queen feminist be? I'm just a woman. How can I not advocate for other women, period, and for myself? You know what I mean? So uh, the Shanti thing was funny. Like, of course, like, 
she had a point, but Joe is not going to let her off the hook for that. <laughs> but you totally. So who did you agree with in that particular debate? Because again, only reason I'm asking, yeah. and it's not to cause a divide or anything like that. Cause much love to Joe. Um, but I would hit him up and be like, you know, you was fucking wrong for like yeah. trying to, or I'd be like, why did you go harder on Amber Rose? Like you could have went, you could have asked, you could have really delved in on the questions with, and I said it on, on the episode that he was on. With the whole slut walk, I felt like he was easy on her. Mm. Um, did he say why? Good question. Let me think. Did he say why he They're was a little easy? friends, so I don't know if that has right. anything to do with it. I, I want to say maybe he said that, or I'm not I'm not sure because of 21 Savage was there. Mm. But I think he... <laughs> Mr. Savage. <laughs> watching from the control room. <laughs> I think he... I, it might have been he, he was easy on her because they were friends. Mm. But I felt like... It would have been more entertaining if he would have just been his Joey self. Yeah. You know, and really challenge her. So Amber got lucky there. I felt like she did. And I'm rooting for Amber. Mm -hmm. And I feel like her cause is greater than what is being projected as because it's being camouflaged with like other things. Yeah, I agree. And and it's like I totally get what she is trying to do or is doing. And it could be lost in translation because of other things are overshadowing it. And I kind of wanted that to be talked about. And I was like rooting for Joe to kind of challenge that and and push the conversation forward. And I didn't get that. Mm. However, he did do that with Ashanti. And I'm like, you could have went a little easy on that one because it wasn't that much of a... That's the unpredictability of Joe, though, right? Yeah. It's like you're like, okay, this is clearly a conversation where we're here for jokes. I'm ready for the jokes. <laughs> he puts on his serious Joe Budden voice, and this is nothing that we want to laugh about. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He, I, I honestly think, like, there's... Yeah, he just... Whatever you think is going to happen is probably going to be the opposite and then the opposite of that because you can't even guess what the opposite... If it makes sense. Right. Just no one ever tried to predict what Joe Budden's going to do. That's what I have learned. You just really can't. You never know. There's like 10 different personalities in there. Okay. So Everyone to be clear, interesting. did you agree with the fact that men should throw money on her because she had on a bathing suit? Uh, no. no, no, no. Okay. And so, but then watching the extended video with her doing the lap dances and all that, but I'm like, she's a performer, right? Like, you know, it's Ashanti. You know, she's not a stripper. Why would you be throwing cash at her? But Wendy Williams seemed to agree with Joe. Yes, and she's one of my favorite people. She's one of my friends in my head, but I disagree with what she said yeah. myself. Yeah. So, um, and that's what I feel the world needs is just some dialogue to express your <laughs> truth. Yep. That's why I'm glad you're here because, again, I feel like you don't get to really express your truth enough. So I kind of just want to get your opinion. Like, I work with Wendy. I've been on the show. She's mm-hmm. been on my show, one of my favorite episodes. But even with that, I'm like, uh, Nah. Yeah, no. There are a lot she, of female performers. She's who wear talented. Yeah, I don't think don't she deserves that. <laughs> thrown, don't get money thrown at them. Can respectfully disagree for sure. Exactly. Okay, so we got that episode. Another one of my favorites. It wasn't really my favorite, but I do want to get to this with you because I feel like this had to be a, a challenging interview for you. The Russ interview. <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah, that's a very good question. What the hell happened? <laughs> what happened with that uh, guy, God. Russ? So a few months earlier, he had this little thing with Pigeons and Planes, right? Mm-hmm. So they're one of our blog. I love the guys at Pigeons and Planes. Truly respect them. They're like some of the last people who are not just covering artists who are already on, but mm-hmm. artists who are upcoming that in three years they might really be on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um 
So I guess they had reached out to him for a feature, and then he basically snapped back, like, look, I've been sending you guys all my music, et cetera, and you never wanted to, like, deal with me, and now you, I don't need you. Blogs are irre- irrelevant. Pigeons and Planes, I thought they handled it super well. They're like, you're right. Blogs are not as relevant as they once were. And so I think Russ didn't like the way I introduced the topic on Everyday Struggle. But to be honest with you, as soon as that episode was done, I forgot. I never thought about Russ again. His team had hit me a couple times asking to have him on the show. But again, it was very early in the show. The guys were super selective. At that point, I feel like we'd had Yachty, Wale, maybe one other person when they were pitching me. So I was like, look, I wrote in the email, which I also forgot, like, the guys aren't uh, entertaining too many guests, but like His whatever. people's emailed you. Asking for him to come on the show. But I said no, and I was it's honest. A, real quick, not to cut you off. Is that proper protocol? Yeah. You were the go-to person for guests to be on Everyday Struggle? Yeah, so since, you know, I've been working in the industry for a while, and especially at Complex, so I was already, like, booking interviews and confirming or whatever, so I knew a lot of, like, uh, label people. So, like, his yeah. rep, I knew her from my days working at MTV when she used to work with, like, Lil Wayne and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, now I am, like, an executive producer on the show. So there's a lot I do behind the scenes, like booking talent, coordinating our schedule. Like there's a lot more to it than me just sitting in that chair and moderating that people don't know about. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I am sometimes a messenger. I'm the one telling artists like, no, the guys don't want you now. Anyway, completely forgot about that. Fast forward months later, we're doing these Friday episodes, um, just me and academics because Joe couldn't like figure out his situation with complex to do them. So we have to rotate guest hosts. So they reached out again about Russ, and I was like, all right, we don't have a guest for this week. This actually makes sense. You could come on. Um, I thought nothing of it, that email, none of that. So we got, I feel like we're 40 minutes into the interview. I let you speak your piece. You told us how you write, produce, edit, do everything yourself, you're, how you feel like you don't get enough love. And then he decides to call me a liar for an email I wrote months ago. I was, people were like, oh, I feel like you should have turned up on him more. Well, first, I just, it, I was just stunned for a second, caught off guard. I was racking my brain trying to remember the email and I couldn't. I'm like, you know how much has happened in my life since then? I don't know what I wrote, but I was like, if I'm remembering, because I don't lie to people, I would have said that we're not taking too many guests. So later, when we put up the episode, I went and put the email and it was exactly what I remembered that I would have said. So it was. my issue with Russ is that do not come on a show and call me a liar. You know what I mean? Like, you really came to attack the moderator. And when I'm like, why would you do that 40 minutes into the conversation, accuse me of lying about an email that I wrote six months ago? You know what I mean? You could have talked to me about that before the show. You could have talked to me about it after. You're here now. Why not take the opportunity to just talk about your music and reach a new fan base? Um, So I was completely turned off of him. I wanted to wrap the show immediately, but I felt like I should be professional and, like, keep pushing through for a little bit longer. But just this whole idea of, like, the chip on his shoulder he has attacking me because he doesn't like. I'm like, are you kidding? Who hasn't been through a lot to get where they are? You don't think a lot of people have um, tried to hold me back, have tried to sabotage me, have not shown me any love, did not care about me until I was on this show? Why are you so entitled to come here and call me a liar, you know? So the cameras are up. I'm like, cool, show's over. Let's get out of here. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Mm. Go back to my office, and then he comes over. He wants to talk. He wants to give me a hug. I'm like, I don't. What, why are we hugging right now? I don't want to hug it out. And later his publicist asked me for my number, like, oh, he wanted your number to talk about it. And I didn't want to talk about it at that point because I, you're not going to come on a show that you know hundreds of thousands of people watch, accuse me of lying. And to this day, that's the issue that I have. It's not about, he could have asked about the email in any other way, but he said, that was a whole lie. You said you weren't having a guest on. Do not call me a liar. Do not that. call me a liar 
on a show that's getting hundreds of thousands of views and then behind the scenes try to make up. If you want to talk about it, we should have talked about it on the show or you should have apologized on the show. And then, I don't know, he went on to do his press run and in almost every interview it just kept coming up, you know? And really? I, yeah, he talked to Flex about it. He did the Rap Radar thing because people would tag me in it. And then he would he say... He pretty much stuck to his guns. Then yeah, he, but and he would say the same thing. Validated right, and he, he would say, well... I think he kind of was like, well, I didn't mean to go there and attack her if it came off that way, which is cool. But then he keeps saying, like, then I tried to hug it out and talk to her, and she didn't want to have the conversation. Oh, so he's exposing what happened behind the scenes. But again, I don't want to talk to you behind the scenes after you try to embarrass me and call me a liar in front of everyone. Like, let's do it in front of everyone if we're going to do it. You know what I mean? I don't need to have a conversation with you behind the scenes. Yo, I have interviewed so many artists. I'm talking about legends, people I worship, the Pharrells of the world, like those people. And for someone like Russ to be that disrespectful, I've never had an experience with an artist like that in 10 years. Never, Mm. not once. And so it is what it is. I wish him the best. He's a very talented guy, and I hope he does great in his career, and he's extremely successful. But no, I will not deal with someone calling me a liar and no we're not gonna fucking hug it out afterwards i'm sorry <laughs> very it. well said yeah. no, thanks. you was that. about to say what got you fucked up <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, i heard it coming out yeah. girl like, no. this is the stage <laughs> to just be the desk yeah. alexis Thank you, <laughs> girl. Yeah, no, that was unbelievable. that's very well well said now <laughs> what can he do to make it right. Because it seems like he... I mean, does he want to apologize? I honestly don't care. Does he want to apologize? Did he apologize? Because you said, don't do it behind the scenes. Do it in front of the hundreds. So it seems... Will it be better for you? And this reminds me of the whole escape. Shout out to Candy. <laughs> Are you a fan? Yeah. Of the whole Real Housewives and what's going down there with That's that? That's my... The Atlanta one is my favorite. Shout out to Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. It's mine too. And Beverly Hills, no shade. <laughs> Beverly Hills probably more. But, um, yeah, so with the members of The Escape, which is really The Escape show, which is a great show as well, um, you already know what happened, do you not? I don't it's, know how things, how all the drama Well, her ex-members were now, they're reunited. They accused her of um, breaking up the group because she slept with JD and she slept with everybody in the industry and slept with Jermaine Dupri's dad. Like, oh. just outrageous claims. And that's what tore them apart when they were um, early on in their career, mm-hmm. when they first broke up. And Candy insisted that you went on the radio and you said these things about me. I need you to publicly go on the radio again right. and, said, and say what you said back then was a lie. Hmm. And she did that. And even though she did that, I don't think that was enough for Candy. For it to, That's what she wanted. That's what she asked for. And the girl that said that about her gave her that. And it still wasn't enough. So I'm. it, it feels like it's kind of similar. Yeah. Okay. But look, for me, it's really not that deep. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are going to want to talk to me about it, but I don't like to harp on anything negative. So mm-hmm. one, I just don't care about Russ. It's not that like, oh man, I really hate this person, whatever. I just genuinely don't care. I'm Were not, you a fan prior? No. Okay. And so like to me, okay. it matters none Got to it. quote Joe Budden. So like if this was J. Cole and we had this incident, man, I would feel like shit. You're my favorite rapper. It would really be hurtful to Got it. a person that I love, whose music I listen to, whatever. To me, like 
I never thought about Russ outside of any of those episodes, but it felt like he was harboring this thing. So look, if you did want to apologize one day, it's cool. If he never does, I don't care. Like, I never need to see Russ again. I never need to, like, have a conversation. I'm not harboring any ill will. I just, there's, like, a line. Like, so with me and Joe and Ak, we joke around and whatever, and that's, like, family now. But, like, no, I will not let anyone random just disrespect me. My mother would never stand for that. I don't care who you are. You could be the biggest rapper in the world. You're not going to disrespect me and then i'll be like cool let's just hug it out fuck out of here i admire your strength you know what i mean now i was reading the comments on that now people always say you know oh she's emotional yeah he said she was now i understood why you was bothered by that and i was upset at academics for kind of even because but it's kind of hard because we're women in this male dominated but they're industry. very emotional joe doesn't get emotional <laughs> on the show like these guys don't get emotional and react or whatever but it's only a word that you say to a woman you know what i mean and of course they killed me for that in the comments all the teenage boys uh this girl she's so emotional you're dumb stupid feminist that was another episode where for weeks for yeah. weeks they were spamming my instagram you're so sensitive and you're this and that so it's like it's so crazy like a lot of it is uh you can't necessarily always have your natural reaction because people read it so differently. You can. You know what I mean? And this is what I'm trying to tell you for me as a viewer. That's what made you more likable and that's what made you more relatable because when that happened, the way you responded showed us who you really are and you're just a human being. But it's hard to detect that when you're not speaking as much right. and these two are like overpowering, going back and forth, which is whatever. That's fine, but... When you, I'm sure, felt attacked, right? You felt attacked. So it was like we we resonated with that as women, as people. This isn't about women and, and versus man. It yeah. was really just us seeing you kind of for the first time responding to what happens in everyday life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. So I need you to know that. Because, because you, yeah. you know, there's the dynamic. So, like, I saw there's, like, a video that has, like, hundreds of thousands. Russ exposes Nadeska in everyday struggle. So I am always, another thing that the show has taught me, I am always baffled at how people watch the same video and how they see the complete opposite. Of what you see. Yeah. You and what, what you, I mean? well, actually what happened. Because right. you're in the moment. Right. Yeah. So it's so crazy, like, even posting the email and showing that what I said was actually what I said. I didn't say we're taking no guests. I said we're not entertaining too many. People are still like, she got exposed. So I'm glad that, yeah, if it felt like you saw a more uh, human side of me. And believe that there's more people probably feels the way I feel and feels the way you feel. It's just people like us in our sane minds and body and soul you are trolling. trolling. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. No, seriously. Right. And I need you to know that because I'm like, damn, you know, because we get so caught up in reading comments. Mm-hmm. We do. And sometimes we feel validated when the good outweighs the bad. And we feel fucked up when the bad outweighs the good. Right. And we kind of determine as to that is how the world feels. And it's not. Because watching that, I was like... <laughs> and you gotta understand the time that we're living in. And shout out to Jay Z. He he expressed this on his um at his concert. You know, we live in, in we've always lived in a racist world. And I feel like it's more obvious, right? Because of who we have as our president. People feel more confident to show their face, their true colors. I feel even more so, like Jay said, we living in a more sexist world. So being a woman, being a woman in power, being a woman in the forefront, it's it's more evident now that 
they just don't fucking get us and they don't want to get us they don't want to because get they don't want it's not that they don't they don't want to because they feel we have a place mm-hmm. in this world and, and a lot muted. of it is so subconscious because i have conversations with joe and ak about this right like yeah. it comes up behind the scenes but like on some level, they just don't get it, and they never could. And I tell Joe that I wish she was having a girl, and that I hope that if him and Sin so have crazy. more kids, I thought that too. That I is a girl, that too. and I feel like academics needs to have a girl because there's just levels to it that they absolutely, they just don't understand, and I think that they never will. And they think I'm always being emotional and sensitive, but I'm like, especially in this year, when all these women are being brave enough to speak up about all the horrible shit that they go through in these terrible industries that we work in, mm-hmm. it would be cool if like. I know we're here for the jokes and all of it, but you, when I try to make a point, you don't randomly just call me a queen feminist. It's not even related to what I was talking about. Like, it's not good for all the kids who are watching, all the boys who are like 13 at home watching. This sort of stuff is not helpful for women in hip hop. It's already hard enough being in that space. Like, we have to move differently. Even the way I move with artists, back to when I was on Rap Fix, you know what I mean? The guys could, the artists come in, you come kick it, you say what up, you can hang out after. I was always wary about those situations because, you know, you know how guys are. Yeah. It's like if you're talking immediately, she must be trying to fuck or she's a groupie or she's something. And so it's weird. I think a lot of that I have internalized and maybe that comes through on the show. A lot of people told me early I seemed really stuck up down to the way I sat. But to be honest, like I just couldn't lean back. There's no back in the chair. I have to sit up straight. But I'm like, cool, if me sitting up straight makes you think I'm stuck up, whatever. But I think a lot of it is um, Joey Badass the other day. I saw him backstage at the Black Show. He was like, oh, my God. We were talking about something. Um, he was like, I can't believe you would even drink or smoke or anything. You seem super straight edge. I'm like, I'm like a normal person. I grew up in Flatbush. I went to high school in Brooklyn. I am very much a Brooklyn girl. I get into shit. Like, I can kick it, but... And my mom has always told me, as a woman and as a black woman, you always have to work twice as hard and be smarter, and you know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe I seem ultra-composed on the show, but it's like I feel like I can't relax that the way the guys do. The standards are just different. But then if it comes off as stuck up, then I'm like, is it too much? It really is, I don't know. It's just a constant, yeah. everyday yeah, struggle. It really is. As like, women, we are, especially in this industry, because we're being faced, like you said, with so much. You're a beautiful woman in this industry that's male-dominated, so it's natural for men to want to have this animalistic attraction to you, right? Mm. Um, so I'm glad that you touched on what's happening in Hollywood, because that was my next question. Have you experienced any of that? I haven't experienced any um, executives or any artists being aggressive towards me and i'll say like i'm very grateful of course they've hit on me you know what i mean Mm there's situations where i feel like we're talking and i think this is a professional setting but it's like hey can i get your number can i text you later or you know what i mean that's like happened and it is what it is but i've been fortunate that no one has been like very aggressive with me and i'm definitely grateful for that but then again i just i don't put myself in those situations i'm very much like i'm very low-key i'm a homebody i'm working or i'm at home i'm on my couch watching tv i'm listening to my audiobooks i'm not really like out much in the clubs i'm not around rappers that much outside of work so like i i really try to remove myself from any spaces like that where things that are uncomfortable could happen Mm -hmm. so to wrap that up any advice that you would give to women that you feel are faced with that type of adversity Look, I mean, I think all you can do is, of course, any advances they make, you turn down advances, but you're polite, right? You don't have to be rude about it. You can smile and whatever and turn the conversation back to music or work. It's always going to happen, but um, it just depends on the way you carry yourself and the messages you give people. You know what I mean? If 
you're in a workplace and you're dressing super overtly sexual and you feel like the guys are being weird, maybe tone it down with your dress. You know what I mean? It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have those uncomfortable situations. Just try to smile through it. And that's really the best we can do, I guess. Yeah. Well said, well said. And that is advice from Nadaska. <laughs> it sounds, always sounds better when you sing it. Can you sing everything for me? You'd make things so much more enjoyable. Maybe I just really enjoy your name. Uh, I'm going to run these questions down and you can give me, you know, your quick answers, one word answers, however you want to do it. What has been your favorite episode? Um, to be honest, it wouldn't be a guest episode. There have been a couple episodes, they usually happen on Thursdays, where sometimes we've had such a long week and we're just in the silly mood. Like, I think we had one of them last week after Ashanti. It was just all jokes. Like, we're struggling to even get to the topic because we're all in a good mood and, like, we're really mm-hmm. vibing. Mm-hmm. So definitely not an artist episode, just any of those where, like, we're just so good as a family and we're having fun. It doesn't feel like work. We're just kicking it and then it's an hour, ten minutes, and we're like, oh, I guess we should wrap because we have to get the show up. Yeah. So those are always my favorite by far. Do you have a favorite guest show? Because uh, that was a two-part question. Because I feel like your favorite show doesn't have to involve a guest. Recently, who did we have up? I liked having Big Crit up. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. My memory's so bad. It's just like it's so much <laughs> that happens that I can't even remember. Also, really like Twenty One Savage and G Herbo. I like the people that I, I haven't G met Herbo. and getting to know them. Home. Like G Herbo is one. Like I didn't know what very he was smart, being, very smart, and like. Not what I thought he would be, like his temperament or whatever. So growing um, up in Chicago and yeah, just man, all of like, that, right? Yeah, I loved meeting him. I loved having SZA on. I love SZA. So that was also a great interview. So those are some of my favorite ones. Uh, I will say worst episode, but Russ. <laughs> worst episode slash guest, Russ, right? Okay, yep. cool. Do you have a dream guest that you can't wait to interview on Everyday Struggle? I would die if we ever got an Eminem interview. Mm. I would absolutely just pass out and fucking die. I love Em. Like, I, like, the first rap concert I saw was, like, Anger Management Tour. Like, that was such a crazy experience. And um, I've had an opportunity to meet him briefly once. And I almost melted. Like, I've never been starstruck <laughs> like that before. And it was thanks to Sway. We were up at Shade 45, and he was doing an interview. So if anyone has ever watched a Sway interview, man, this guy gives the grandest interview. Here is He's the Dusker, leader of the free world and, like, ruler of the seven kingdoms. And I'm like, did you just really give me a grand introduction to Eminem? What the hell am I supposed to say now, you know? Like, I, I love Em. Like, I wish she would come on. <laughs> okay. Now, um... What would you say is the biggest misconception of Nadeska? I guess from going out and talking to people like Joey Badass that I'm super stuck up and straight edge. I mean, like, I know I have a lot of faults. I'm a person. I can have a temper. I can be this and that. But I don't think I'm really a stuck up person. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, that's one of the criticisms that's been the most hurtful. So, But I take it constructively. Like, what am I doing on the show that makes me seem stuck up or is it like you said the more i get to talk you see i'm really just like a normal ass girl from brooklyn you know what i mean but um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not a very stuck up person but people seem to think that a lot from watching the show unfortunately a lot of people hit on you as well when i read the comments what comments are you reading i'm reading i saw a hashtag the deska is so hot <laughs> This sleeveless Nadeska thing is kind of weird for me, too. What's happening over there? <laughs> Look, shout out to right my now. live. Nadeska is Can so I see hot. Can sweating? We're live still? I forgot that. <laughs> I'm like over here sweating. In this you look great. Bag. I'm telling great. you, you actually look great. Um, well, thank you. You see some nice comments. No, no, no. There is, no, there are some... nice comments. Of course there are. But, you know, you get the trolls, of course. But 
I'm not going to sit up here and just talk about nothing but those damn trolls. <laughs> Let's talk about the love because you do get it. A lot of people show love online and like I really, really appreciate it. And I only feel bad that sometimes I'm not able to respond to everyone who mm-hmm. says something nice and to say thank you because like. You respond? Yeah, of course. I love Instagram. Of course, I love YouTube. Twitter. No, YouTube comments. I don't go in there. Oh, yeah, Nothing good happens in the YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. I stay far away from there. Good like girl. I do talk to people on Twitter, though. You know what I mean? Like I love having conversations with people who watch the show and like. I know anyone who's ever hit me on Twitter and said something nice, if I haven't answered you, there's a chance that I saw it in passing and I wasn't able to respond. And like on days when I'm feeling super down and lonely, because sometimes there's no one to talk to about it. Right. I can't really talk to my family and friends about it much. They just wouldn't understand. Joe and Acker, like, stop being so dim, blah, blah, blah. Just deal with it. And I'm just sort of in my head feeling weird. And it's nice when people hit you and they, yo, I appreciate you guys getting up early every day and doing this. I know it can't be easy. So I I absolutely appreciate all those people. Are you single? I rather not talk about my personal life, which is something that Joe hates. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, he's very open with his relationships, him and Sandy. Oh, he's a reality show together. Like, he's that guy. He's the OG of being too open, probably. But part of me being this person that's like a little private and like seeing how, as I've been on the show and gotten more exposure, the way some people like attack me, I don't want anyone close to me, family, friends, people I love. I don't want to put anyone else in that position. I don't think it's fair. I think my private life is my private life. Like I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I think it's not your business, really. Not you. You know what I mean, though, right? No, you I just I don't see for Jazz me. Jazz is none of your business. I know, no, not for who you. I'm smashing. <laughs> no. And what they look like yeah, and who they I are. Just, <laughs> I just don't see how this could go well for me. I think with someone like with Joe, when you have a sin, so she's used to it. They balance each other well. They have that support. Like someone who's not used to that, like, attack. Like, there have been people who have been tagged in my pictures that fans will start to attack. And I have to apologize and ask them to, like, make their accounts private. So, like, I would just... Really? Yeah, so I would just... For, for me, my private life is just, like... Off limits. Yeah. Okay. For as long as I can till Joe blurts out random shit or makes shit up on... That's another one of the great things about every, they, Everyday Struggle. They just make things up sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then I try to fight the fake narrative, and somehow I end up deeper in the hole. So these days, I'm just like, word, that's right. Everything you're saying is true. It doesn't even matter like what I try to do. Or dispute. no answer at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, whatever, guys. Whatever I've learned say. that to not respond to what you don't want to continue on. To mm. so just not respond. Yo, it's mind games. I am definitely learning mind games from working with Joe. I've been through a ringer. <laughs> so I've learned. Trial and error, though. Trial mm-hmm. and error. Okay, now these are my hip-hop questions. This is how I usually run um, in the show. Okay. It's all confessionals. Mm-hmm. But it's hip-hop confessionals, because okay. you already said, Jazzy, mind your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- <laughs> Which funny. I love. That's funny. Maybe one day I'll change. And don't. Who knows? No, Maybe them. one day you'll see me on reality TV. Then you'll know. Are you open to that? The day you see me on reality TV, you know something in my head is broken. Like me, the shy person, like having cameras follow me around 24-7, you would know I'm off the best drug in the world. Whatever mm-hmm. could like cause me to do that. I doubt that. I well, do want to create TV. I want to write oh, a TV yeah, show, yes. but like scripted. Like I've always, I've dreamt my whole life of writing like an HBO show. I would love to do one for Netflix. Like that's something I would love to do in the next couple of years. Like start writing my show beautifully produce the multiple seasons like scripted show but i don't think reality tv is my uh is my thing necessarily mm. i like that i'm involved in that so i'm just thinking as you in reality that. tv or in just no. show no. script writing. well just creating mm. and 
TV That's, world and yeah. concepts. So I have a few things like I'm working on. So like literally as you're talking about it, I just see you in something that like I have gone. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, so we got to talk. It's just so crazy how you realize, like, how many versions of storytelling there are, right? Like, I always wanted to be a writer, but I think at the core of it, I always wanted to tell stories. I've loved reading, you know, so that is, like, daily blogging. It's interviews. It's this show. It's, like, uh, mini docs, and it can be, like, TV shows. So I think that's something I've realized in the past few years. There's no limit to the stories that you can tell. So why not just, like, fucking shoot as high as possible? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally say go for it. She totally do it. Okay, here we go. All right. Should I be nervous? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Top five favorite female rappers of all time. Wow. This woman in hip hop, baby. Missy. Ooh. Kim. Foxy. I'm just talking about people I like, right? They don't have to be like actually. Is this an officially ranked list? Oh, this is official. These are just the people. No, but, up, but but no let but no particular order. Okay, but this is your top five. Okay, this is serious, baby. You gotta I take know. it serious, bro. Missy was. You see, I'm writing this shit. Down. I see you. Everyone's but, on record. But everyone should know her Sharpie's really running out of ink right now. So is she really writing these down? Hmm. <laughs> it is. It's light, hmm. but it's on there, and I have it on record. Okay. All right. <laughs> I really you like said Nikki. Missy, yeah, Kim. Missy, Kim, Foxy. These are the people I was listening to when I was young. I loved Eve. I wanted to be Eve so bad when I was young. I remember one year for Halloween, everyone dressed up for like they were the Rough Riders, and someone else got Eve before me. I was so tight. I was like, I can't believe I lost. <laughs> In your group of friends? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell? Um, I love Eve. Uh, how many is that that I have? You have Missy, Kim, Fox, Eve. I want to say you said somebody else, and I missed. Yeah, there's one more person because these are the people I used to listen to a lot when I was younger. Who am I blanking on? I do like Nikki a lot. You did say Nikki. When she's on her really rap shit, I love Nikki. Uh, and I feel like there's one person I'm forgetting right now. But that's five for now, right? That is five for now. Okay. You want to give me a six sure man? still ain't working, though. I have it down. I see Missy kill Fox City and Nikki. If I think of one more, I'll get back to you. Okay. Do you have a favorite song from a female rapper? If so, what is it? Uh, hmm. I don't think I have one favorite yeah, you do. Song of all time. <laughs> Female rapper. Yeah, like what would be my favorite like Kim or Foxy record? Because you would say those two are pretty much. Do you tell your age? Mm, sort of. You sort of tell your age? Not really. It's never been a thing. Some random website published some shit and people will like attack me like you're not 23 like I thought. I'm like, I never said I was 23. What's the problem? Okay. I'm 30 years old. I'm an adult. Okay, cool. Grown ass woman, okay. actually. Good. <laughs> I got that from you because your top five is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking when I was in like junior high school and like high school. Are you kidding me? Like Kim and Foxy and Rough Riders and all of that. They, mm-hmm. they were everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Worship them. Oh, my favorite song Kim um, or Fox? You said it's probably between one of them. Do you have a favorite bar, like a favorite 16 from a female rapper? No, not off the top because my memory is so trash. Do you have a favorite album from a female rapper? Hmm. That's the one. Yeah, I know. That'll help you. Favorite album. Like for me, it was hardcore. It would probably be Kim, right? It's Kim or Foxy. Because I loved Missy's projects, love her singles. It would have to probably be hardcore, right? That was like the the one I listened to the most, like by far. Was it? By far, yeah. Who's Pinky? Oh, man. 
That's how I'm going to end this. Who is Peaky? Tell me who Peaky is. Is this part of the trivia? That's so hilarious. Yes, who's Peaky? All right, man. I've done my research. Listen. I've, I've heard Joey say it a few times. Bro, because the Joe fuck? Button, I said, he talking about the porn star? Why is he calling her the porn star? Nothing on the internet. That's the problem. Okay, so look. Pinky is a name that my mom calls me and people in Grenada. Like, not a single person in America has called me Pinky. Mm-hmm. But Joe Budden, being the super sleuth that he is... There's an interview I did in Grenada a few years back for this local TV station where they had me on and they were just sort of like asking me about my work. And I think the title was Nadeska Pinky Alexis. Uh, Just my good luck that Joe happened to see this. So that's why he's calling me Pinky. And everyone's like, where the fuck did he come up with this name? But like only my mom now in my adult life calls me that. Like when she really likes me, I'm like, I'm pinks or like pinkalinks. It's super corny, but your mom started calling me that. that. So it's just like my mom and Joe Budden who call me that. (laughs) Your mom and Joe. Because that How makes a lot Joe of... Be, that makes <laughs> he is that mother. guy. He is I that love guy. that. He is like your brother. He really is. He really yo. spoke highly of you on my show. So I saw the interview with you in Grenada with the, the woman out there. And I think she oh, was Oh, you calling. saw it too? Yes. Yes, that's the... Did you show Joe Budden this interview, Jazz? I totally did not. It was not. you, was I totally it? did not. No, mm-hmm. I didn't. But I try to get on my journalist shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I researched what was out there, what I could find. That's so Which I'm fun. so excited about yo, this because now they get to see this. I never went back and watched it because I'm always so embarrassed to like... You look uh, great. You look so cute. You look so like... Watch stuff on it. Okay. So it is the Super Duper Fly album. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the name of the album. Okay. Yeah. I know that was the name yo, of the record. My memory is just so bad. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. And you would say that's your favorite album? That's a great album, yeah. So Pinky is because it's just a girly color and she just calls nah, you Pink just because of that. West Indians you... are so ridiculous. Our, like nicknames Skin are, color? Yeah. Because I okay. was for a black kid, I was super pink. So these jerks <laughs> were like, of course, let's just call her Pinky. It's so stupid. But then there's like, there would be a dude in like my little village that uh, would be super light and they'll call him Blackie. It's either v- it's extremely literal or they go complete <laughs> opposite. It makes really no sense. And so I don't think when I moved to America at that point, anyone really knew my name was Nadeska in Grenada. People didn't call me that. They called you Pinky? Everyone called me Pinky. Oh All God. of my family in Grenada still calls me Pinky. And Joe. Yeah, and Joe. <laughs> All of my family and Joe. I don't want to call you Pinky. I like Nadeska. Thank you. Oh, people <laughs> just call me Deska. That's the shortest oh, really? version, but they, he hasn't gotten that far yet. He'll come up with everything besides that. <laughs> Ooh, that's very silly. So that's, that's the origin of Pinky. Love that. Okay, so when it's all said and done... Um, what do you want people to take away from this interview? Because I don't want to say, how would you want to be remembered? I, mm-hmm. I don't like that question. I feel like that's that's fitting when you're like 30 years down. Yeah, I mean, what would I like them to take away? Um, one, I'm pretty chill, I think. I'm not as stuck up as I seem on the show. And so if it comes off that way, I She's apologize. Drinking Grey Goose, you <laughs> I'm much more of a whiskey girl, though. But uh, Got you next time. Whiskey and rum. I'll bring you a bottle. I, I didn't know we were drinking. I would have brought you a bottle. No, totally cool. I'll bring the gifts. Okay. You're my guest. <laughs> Thank You're you. You're my guest. Um, yeah, so what could they take away? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the industry for a long time. So I think a lot of people who have seen me for the first time on the show... Uh, like we said earlier, I think I just fell out of sky. No, I'm just terrible at my brand. Like, I know that's something that I need to work on next year. Yeah. Being more present, having a presence outside of the show, whether that's blogging. I know Complex does want me to pitch my own solo show. So hopefully that's something that I work on. Maybe I'll write my TV show. I know that I need to focus and grow, but I have been around. I do have a lot of experience. I learned from, you know, the legends like Sway. And, um, you know, I hope my role on the show grows and people feel like they could uh, get to know me a little bit better. 
Well said. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I'm going to end this like I do with every guest that come on the show. If you can, give mm-hmm. me one word to describe the state that you're in right now. Not a phrase, not a sentence, but one word. Why do you ask such difficult questions at the end of the interview? No, I'm kidding. Okay, okay. One word. Okay, I was hot earlier. I'm not hot anymore. I'm having a lot of fun, but that's too many words. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just where you are in life right now, I mean, not based off this interview, but just everything, just growing up in Grenada, living in Brooklyn, getting into college and doing your mm-hmm. media thing and MTV, um, the magazine, the like all of that. MTV news, complex, everyday struggle. Now the world is seeing you. You have a magnifying glass on you because you're great at what you do. And regardless of people will see that now or later, mm-hmm. you're here now. And I feel like you can only go further from where you are right now. Thank so you. we're talking about here and now though. Yeah. So where are you in life right now? If you could sum it up in one word. With everything taken into like consideration. Well, a feeling, huh? Mm-hmm. An adjective. Adjective <laughs> for how I'm feeling. Um, yes. Nervous? No, I don't think that's the right word. I mean, if it's fitting, run with it. But that's an interesting. I don't think it's interesting nervous. Feeling. It's... But yeah, give it a moment. Give it a beat. I'm looking up in the air like I'm about to find it for you. I'm like trying to think through all the thoughts I'm having. I'm like, how do I, how do I? um... I'm going to help you get used to these like confessional questions. I know. Like these one word answers you got to get. I'm so not used to it. It's okay. Um, Because it's a mixture of feeling uh, like blessed. Like I've accomplished some things, but I know I'm so far from where I want to be. I'm feeling motivated. I'm feeling hella motivated. I have a lot of work to do. I know. And it's going to be scary and it's going to be hard. It's going to be really fucking difficult. But I am very motivated. I'll say that about myself. I'm very ambitious. Nothing I do is ever good enough for me. I am my own worst critic. So motivated. Motivated. Love that. And you will only get better from here on out. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys, that is a wrap for Women in Hip Hop Podcast. I would like to thank Nadeska, a.k.a. Pinky, a.k.a. Pinky. <laughs> My words are running together. I would like to thank Nadeska. Hey. <laughs> for coming by tonight. Oh my God, we learned so much about you here on this episode. I know I did, and I hope my listeners and viewers on YouTube watching right now did as well. And I had a blast. And I would love you to come back again. I would love to. I would. I'm, I'm sorry do- it took so long to schedule. You were very patient with me and my ridiculous schedule. You're amazing. I'm cool. I'm one of those women that don't deal like I'm not with the fuckery. Like I, I'm so cool. I'm like, it's fine. You got back to me a day later, but you know what's cool. Yeah. You're super dope. <laughs> you're super dope. Cause I really want you to be able to tell your story because, um, when you mentioned academics being like a fan and speaking from a fan's perspective, even though I don't want to, um, compare, but I will say that I always say this show is really me speaking from a fan's perspective Mm -hmm. and the viewers, I want them to be able to get to know who I'm interviewing more because I know they're fans as well. Or if they're not or indifferent or whatever, Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about my guests, you're going to learn something. 
from them. So to interview you and for you to tell your story, I want to feel inspired as a fan, and I want the viewers to be inspired as well. And you did that today. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. So thank you. And I would love to invite you back, and I would love to have you back. And that's it. I would love to be back. <laughs> and that's it for Woman the Hip Hop Podcast. I'm your girl, Jazzy Bill. Check it out. Bye. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.